This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. Hi everyone, welcome to Two Spooko Didn't Watch, a Too Scary Didn't Watch Spooko crossover. You've seen it before, you love to see it. Here we are, we love to do it. I'm Emily, hi. I'm Sammy, also high. (laughs) Not high, marijuana high. (laughs) Right, correct. Hello. Uh, I'm Peach. Uh, I'm high on anxiety and it being the middle of a fairly stressful day at a fairly stressful time of year. Yeah. So that's good. Yep. And I am Shag, uh, Peach's caring friend who is well aware that all of his jokes about his anxiety hide a true anxiety that's hiding underneath. So we're going to do the best to make this a nice, easy, calming place. This whole episode is a safe space for you, Peach, and a calming place for you today. Horror films are calming. <laughs> it's the genre for it. Yeah, that's what we're. That is what we're here for. Um, now, can we get an update, team? Hen, Henley, um, the third of the triple threat uh, of two scary didn't watch, uh, has again avoided coming and meeting Shag and I. We've never met Henley, so Crazy. Henley, if, does if, Henley exist? Oh my god, this is a horror movie now. It's like we replay <laughs> the whole podcast in our minds, and she's never been there. I can't believe it's Fight Club and Henley is Brad Pitt. That's, uh, that's such a twist. That's such a, such a big twist. Oh, you guys did High Tension last week, didn't you? Or the week before? I've forgotten. We did, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so you've been twists. Fight Clubbed. We've been um, Fight Clubbed. But also, how do you feel about that twist? Because it's kind of dumb, I think. I really didn't see it coming. It really surprised me. Um it's kind of, I, I would say it's like kind of homophobic and <laughs> uh, that's all, that was my only qualm with it was like, hmm, so the lesbian is just driven into a, into a rage. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I had some fun. I mean, I thought it was, uh, I don't tense? know. Tense? Uh... No, sorry. Yes, it was tense. Uh, high tension mm. for sure. High tension for mm. sure. Last week we covered uh, Titan or mm. Titan, mm-hmm. uh, which which has since been named the most extreme film of 2021. There is definitely a Titan crossover later on in the mm. synopsis of, t- of today's film, oh, which no. I'm really excited to get to. <laughs> at some oh my point. god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's exciting. It's a monster car teenager <laughs> who we meet. Yeah, it's good. But but look, the the one thing I did before we get to today's film, which. I've got to say I absolutely loved it. I'm so keen to hear what your take on it was. But I have to ask before that because this is not... Hopefully you're interested to hear from your good friend of 25 years and podcast guys. Peach, because I'm looking out for your welfare, I'm always keen to hear what you're thinking. (laughs) Whenever you're willing to open up, let us know. But, look, I've got got to ask because this is not a thing 
in my Australian upbringing, but it's something I've seen in American films and TV shows since I was a kid, the concept of Chuck E. Cheese. I was going <laughs> to ask you guys this because, yes, this is obviously a horror movie based on Chuck E. Cheese, and I was wondering if there was an Australian what? equivalent. It sounds like there is not. What even is it? It makes no sense it, to me. It's like... Um, a, an arcade slash like pizza place it's like basically designed for kids birthday parties like it's just like a, they have a lot of games and like i haven't been to one in the 20 something years but uh it's like bad pizza and a bunch of games and like you throw kids to birthday parties there basically right sammy and yes and anima animatronic things like and animatronic things, which I'm guessing Chuck you're e. saying because it will play. Chuck E. Chuck e. Cheese is a rat. Yeah, a rat named Chuck. Middle initial E, last name Cheese. <laughs> I love that they have the formality yeah. to have his middle it's initial, not... but they're using nobody's, his nickname of Chuck. Nobody's going to go to Chuck Cheese. <laughs> you need the E for sure. Charles Edward Cheese is <laughs> <laughs> the upscale one. It sounds like an awful place to go. I never want to go there. I can't imagine like it was thriving during the pandemic. Actually, that's a really good point. Like, can you get like so many greasy children's fingers on the video games? But can and you stuff? also like can you Uber Eats? Like, surely the experience is to go there, right? Or do people I, just like love the food from there? Wow, what a question! I, I mean, people Uber Eats from like McDonald's and stuff, so I feel like maybe. Now I need I, to look this up because I I just remember there being food there because I think there's food there just because there has to be because kids just spend like a day there. But I don't know where it comes from or if there's a kitchen on site like i, I don't know actually. i can't imagine wanting to order it's scary from there <laughs> i mean look, got a real hankering for some chuck e cheese yeah i maybe. think it's funny what you just said em as well because it's like i remember when i was young parties going forever now that i'm a parent after like half an hour the kids are like i'm bored Ugh. like what's where where are we going doing they last for like an hour and a half max and that's with people arriving late. Any, any party longer than two hours is a huge faux pas for other parents. You're like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> it's rude. It seems like it's rude. Ugh, ugh. All right, well, look. Unless it was a Chuck E. Cheese or the grown-up version, which I presume is a sports bar. Today's film is, I guess, an indie horror film that has both been reviewed, like, like lots of mixed reviews. Lots of people hate this mm. film. A lot of people really like it. I've got to say I loved it. It's set in a sort of Chuck E. Cheese, but, like, a, a movie fake version of Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, I imagine, Peach, like, legally I'm not allowed to just set my film in Chuck E. Cheese because... Right. Or, or That's am actually I? a really interesting question, right? So, like, one area of law relevant to this is... To, okay, and I'll take less than a minute, I promise. <laughs> is, tra like, is trademark law, right? So... Uh, can you use the McDonald's M in your cartoon or to be an edgy teen with a T-shirt that says, like, Muck shit or, like, Muck sellout or whatever? And the answer to that, according to Australian and most international trademark law, um, pursuant to a, um, a convention in, I think, the 19th century that the US, I don't think, signed up to, basically, that's okay. You can use that trademark in a weird way but you can't use it as a badge of origin. So you can't go and sell fast food with someone else's brand. Is this called parody law or something like that? Because Nathan, for you, I feel like made dumb Starbucks, dumb Starbucks. And that was protected That's under right. something like maybe like what you're describing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the parody is a defense to a number of things in, in Australia, including defamation where you tell a lie. 
where you can like yeah defo laws in the US are scary but yeah parodies parody could 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 well be a defense to it but basically we should probably make up our own fictional restaurant for the two spook I didn't watch studios uh, okay cross just to be safe <laughs> Charles Edward Cheese that is our Charles just to be safe Edward Charles <laughs> Edward, Edward Charles, Charles um, mozzarella um you can order. <laughs> you can order delivery from Chuck E. Cheese by the way, and they have. Wow! Um, oh my gosh! How long does it take, Em? Do you want to I, order? I now started now? going through the process, and I had to like put in my name and stuff. I was like, nah, fuck it. Um, uh, boo, but they boo, have boo, boo, boo. Uh, blue raspberry churros. <laughs> So, yeah. Yum. Okay, so first of all, number one, raspberry's not blue. No. Yeah. Is that a thing in Australia? That's a thing here. Is there's blue raspberry as a flavor? I don't know why, but it is a flavor. What does that even? Is it, it like tastes like blueberries exist? Blue, right, exactly. No, but it's blue raspberry, and it's pretty common. Honestly, it's quite common. It's really, really common. common. That's and so weird. Paige, that's what? a really good point. It's like having this is lemon orange flavor. It's orange yeah. flavor, but it's a lemon version of orange. But I thought Americans loved blueberries. I thought you guys were about your blueberries. If there's one thing I know about America, it's a passion that's, for blueberries. We love mine. I don't know. I do blueberries. love blueberries. We love even guess, more. It's blue blue raspberries. raspberries. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so this film is set in a fictional Chuck E. Cheese called Willy's Wonderland. Mm. It's called Willy's Wonderland. Em, I'm dying to know what you thought of this film. Me. Sammy watched Emma it. I have not watch watched it. Oh, sorry. It. Oh. Oh. Why would Em have watched it? Oh, no, Em's watching I, I stuff. Em absolutely em watched The Conjuring. Thank you. You could, Emily could definitely handle this one. I'll say that. There were parts where I was like, would we call this a horror movie? It's like a comedy. It's very funny. I mean, it's Nicolas Cage. Yeah, but that, he, he could do scary. No. He did. Uh, Mandy, which I definitely would watch. You know, so I mean, you're really missing. I'm so I yeah I am and hilariously I mixed. That is the biggest faux pas. It's been a while since we did a two spooko. It's like having a children's. It's like having a children's birthday party for five hours, Shag. You really, you really (laughs) cooked the ballpark on this one. You you fell out of the ballpark. You really blue razzed it. (laughs) You blue. (laughs) (laughs) But it definitely does follow in the lineage that. Nicholas Cage is doing in this weird career revival. At what point in the last couple of years did you realize that Nicholas Cage is actually amazing? Um, I have been on the Nicholas Cage train for a really yeah, long Sammy's time. Yeah, Sammy's a huge fan. Um, I've been him for Halloween twice. <laughs> I, I love him a lot. There, I don't think there was a time for me where I thought he wasn't amazing, to be honest with you. Is Jared Leto going to go down the same way of like actor initially respected no. and then goes <laughs> no. down in the dumps and then he we, might be we redeemed? We keep him oh, in that. the dumps. We can keep him in the dumps. We'll keep him in the dumps. But, but yeah. don't you think, like, like I like I understand you've been on the train for a while, but there was definitely, like, there was a point in, like, the 90s where he was probably arguably the most revered actor in the world. Right. Near his Oscar time. Yeah, sure. you know, leaving Las Vegas era. Mm. Uh-huh. Then I think meme era, maybe Ghost Rider era. Uh-huh. We'll, Ghost Rider was, was tough. Ghost Rider and National Treasure, he did those? Mm. National Treasure. Yeah, so yeah. those, yeah, I feel like that was a... Maybe a low point in his respect. I guess I'm like not equipped to answer this question because, like, that's not a low point for me. I fucking <laughs> love Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider is fun, <laughs> honestly. Gone in 60 seconds. Like, I love that shit. 
So, but he sort of became a character of himself, like almost like yes. in this. Like, if you had a graph and you had two conflicting lines, mm. one of them is Nick Cage's respect going down as Matthew McConaughey's respect goes uh, up. Yeah, like the it's almost like Cage. they swapped yep. places in sure. Hollywood. But now with these horror films, so Mandy, as you mentioned, Color Out of Space, which is mm. so so good. Oh right. And so, so scary. Uh, even though it's a colour, the bad guy's a colour. Like, how good is that? Yeah, that's still it. a bit <laughs> You can trademark a colour, so perhaps we could uh, we could go into that. It'll be uh, as part of the fun. Okay, okay. good but to this, know. But this is, very, this is very much, like, uh, at, least, at, least, at, least, at least borrows many tropes and many sort of, I guess, mechanics from a horror film mm. to create something yes. that's very 2021, I think. Yeah, it's true. There were, par- there were points points in it at which I was like, okay, this is a horror movie. And I'll, I'll call him out when we get to him because there were a few okay. times that, I, that made me laugh. But Okay. okay. But Sammy, yeah. what did you think of it? I liked it. I just watched it a couple hours ago. I had therapy this afternoon and went straight <laughs> from therapy into Willie's Wonderland. Plus a bit of self-care. And- <laughs> Double. <Good. laughs> it's a great little trajectory. Yeah, really, really great. Um, I liked it a lot. I think it was... Super fun, and I would say that probably anybody could handle it. But do you disagree with that statement? I I think there's a couple of moments. There's a couple of very scary moments. They they don't last for long, but I think there's a couple of moments of an animatronic figure moving when it shouldn't, which I find quite scary. <laughs> That's true. That it's a little creepy. Sounds like a Doctor Who episode level of scary. It sounds well, yes. ex- except for the fact that there's also a couple of moments of like pretty like it's jokey gore, but it's gore. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, hey, I think Peach and I will be the judge. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. We'll be fine. So today on the latest edition of Two Spooko Didn't Watch, we are watching Willy's Wonderland. Willy's Wonderland. Let's go find that motherfucking trailer. Welcome to Willy's Wonderland. Spend the night cleaning Willy's Wonderland, and I will pay to have your car fixed. Deal? You are officially on staff. Let's get the hell out of here. I can't stand to hear a grown man scream. This place has a dark history. I know the bullshit story they told you. It's a lie. You're here to be a human sacrifice. Have you been listening to a word I've been saying? He's gonna die in here, but he won't listen to me. The machines got out. Nobody is safe. Put your balls on, Evan. We're going to Willie's. He's not trapped in here with them. We're trapped in here with him. It's your birthday, and we want you to It's your birthday, so It's birthday time. I enjoy a man a few words. <laughs> Sammy, I, I don't know, man. I, I saw some horror there personally, so. I don't know yep. what it is. I was like, this is just like any other Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> Wow, okay, okay. You know how in Transformers they were able to show extreme violence and massive gore to children because they were all machines? 
and they were like, rip, I'm going to rip Optimus Prime's throat out because it's all just pipes and stuff. And then like all this oil and stuff would pour out. I hugely got that vibe of like, we're going to make this the goriest shit ever, but it's, yeah. you know, machines that are bleeding. And also, Sammy, mm-hmm. can you tell us more about Nicolas Cage's hair? I imagine it's gone through stages and this is one such stage. Well, you know, when I was him twice for Halloween, I unfortunately mm. threw out my wig in the in the middle of those two <gasps> costumes. So I had to buy the same wig twice. I actually used the same one for both. And it was just a short brown hair <laughs> wig. Um, but his facial hair in this one is sculpted in such a straight line that there's a shot of him where he looks also like, animatronic like he looks fake (laughs) it looks like almost like painted on his face yeah at least in that trailer it's like very precise very precise the the robert the robert downey jr effect i get it yep 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 yep. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. well i mean a a few facts about this film it was made for five million dollars like i love being able to chat to people who actually work in the film industry and understand what any of these numbers that feels like not a lot for a major film but maybe it's not a terrible budget it's it's like low low budget, I would still say, but yeah. you know, I bet most of that went to to Nick. I was gonna say, yeah, it's usually like a lot of the budget goes to your big actors, and so if he's the only like big person in it, that yeah. could be one of the reasons why the budget wasn't as high. Would you try to pay him creatively if you were like working a film like this? Like, and what if you know? Would someone say to you, "Hey, again, we can't pay you, but we'll give you five percent of the." Of the take of the takings, one you know, once we get past a certain number, or people have done that before. Yeah. Um, when we've done some trivia of, of like actors or directors it saying like just Gregory give me a percentage. Peck, I think oh, that sick. did that on the Omen and made Smart so man. much money, yeah, okay. so much money. Um, but for the most part, you wouldn't make money. Yeah, because like I think if you did that on this movie, you wouldn't because this movie didn't come out in theaters. So okay, because no. that, that was always fifty cents advice that we had to cover of like don't. Don't like don't accept cash. Get points. So you always want points. Apparently, I mean his main, uh, but his main advice was, go ahead, switch your style up, and if they hate, then <laughs> let them hate, them and hate. watch the money pile up. Which is actually like really good advice. It's like keep keep evolving, and mm. people will hate on it, but you'll keep making money, which is great. But so no, the reason why I bring up the budget is because you talk about Nicholas Cage looking like an animatronic figure. There mm. are eight separate animatronic figures in this, and. The budget definitely didn't go to them. Most of them are people in costumes. Only one of them is like a full sort of puppet paper mache thing. One of them, the girl, who we'll talk about soon, um, Sarah Siren, is literally just a woman with a mask on who does like a robot walk and goes Sick. like, I am a animatronic. Like it's, there are parts <laughs> of it that are very, very cheap. Interesting. That's very funny. So another interesting thing I think about this mm. is the Nicolas Cage part about this uh, like you know i like that initially we think oh everything will be done to like keep him on side but actually what happened was they the the writer and the director so there's kevin lewis and geo parsons geo parsons was the writer uh he wrote this film like he wanted to do an intentionally sort of cheap film because he like this was the first film didn't you know knew there wouldn't be much of a budget mm. so you know set it all in one place was like oh well a Chuck E. cheese sort of place would be awesome because that's a really good place to have like a scary moment hence why the whole thing is set in here so there's a lot of plot decisions that make us stay most of the film in this um, in this location, but really it's Should financial we go to another location? Oh, no. Nah. Nah, we'll the, the plot is getting us here. Yeah, this yeah. is the best location. Yeah. But but the, when they, they knew someone who knew someone who knew Nicolas Cage, apparently they sent the script to him 
on like a Friday and they anxiously awaited for like two days waiting to hear and they heard from his agent I think on the Monday being like Nick's in and not only in he became an advocate for the film because obviously once they got him they were able to get some funding but the funders came in and tried to change elements of the film like for example you'll find out that he doesn't speak a single word in this film they were like that doesn't make any sense and Nicolas Cage the whole time was like I'm adamant I'm just doing the director and the writer's vision or we're not doing it at all which I actually think is why this film is quite unique and pretty cool because it it remains like I'm not a big believer in auteurs like I'm a big believer that more lots of people come together and make a good thing rather than one person but I do like the fact that they stayed really true to the director and the writer's vision through to Nick Cage's support nice yeah, man uh, added to the list of reasons to love Nick Cage <laughs> mm. What other what other things yeah. are on the list of, to love Nick Cage? Just all of his great movies. <laughs> and how easy he is to dress up as for Halloween. Is, is he like a Keanu Reeves in real life? Does he like just secretly give money to people and funds hospitals and things? I pretty I doubt no, it. No, I think he's pretty I doubt weird. It. Yeah, I think he's I, I think he's like a pretty weird actor. I, he's gone guy. bankrupt a few times. He bought an island that one time. He's wild. God. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so you'd want to like hang out with him or anything. Yeah. Right. Peach, on a future episode, mm. and I'm sure that there's lots of like really insufferable films that explain this, but one day you need to explain to me how someone rich can go bankrupt multiple times and stay rich. I sort of barely I barely get it. And fifty <laughs> does actually go into it in his book, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay, so Willie's Wonderland starts with a cold open of a what looks like a CRTV, like an old school like box TV, playing a commercial for this place, Willy Wonder- Willy's Wonderland. We see lots of animatronic puppets. Um, the soundtrack is very like, we're so happy, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And that, that theme song being used as like a scary thing keeps popping up all the way through. Um, we then see we're, we're in somewhere dark. It's poorly lit. There's a man and a woman, both are wearing bloody Willy's Wonderland t-shirts. They're being chased by unseen enemies. He dies. He's he's pulled away from somewhere. She is left standing. She looks around and then smiles when she notices that a young girl is hidden in a storeroom, but she's safe and hasn't been seen. And so she smiles before she's killed as well. We cut to that same TV playing the commercial and there's a big splash of blood over it. Okay. Also, it's like when she's being pulled around, it's almost as if it's by an invisible force. Like the way that this is filmed, it's 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 over the top and like funny, but it's it's but it is scary. I guess it's like because you just have no idea what the fuck it is. We don't you don't get a good look at anything in that opening. But, but I mean, don't you think it's funny that they do they they work so hard to hide that in the opening when right, but if you've like, even seen that. the poster, you know <laughs> it's like I know yeah, exactly we know what this coming. is gonna be. Right. Okay. So now we're in a fast car with an unseen driver hooning really fast down country roads. How many seconds was the car going in, would you, would you say? <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's that sort of car. It's a Dodge Charger, I guess, is That sounds right. That's in the ballpark. There we go. Uh, I think I, think <laughs> I nice. used it that time. I think I got it. He really used it well. Yes. That's good. Uh, we, we notice there's a quick cut to dog tags on the windshield, um, which is pretty much all the backstory we get for Nicolas Cage's character, I think. Yep. Hell yeah. 
all of a sudden, the two front tires blow and the car comes to a screeching halt in the middle of nowhere. He gets out of the car, boots first. We still don't see him. We only really see his feet and his hands. Um, he finds some like long spikes. So he picks them up, puts them into the trunk of his car next to a whole bunch of cans. Like what I initially assumed were beer cans. And later on, we find out what they were. Yep. But then he pulls a can out from the boot while it's closed. And then Edgar Wright style, he drinks this. I- I've got to ask this because you're an editor. Do you love or do you hate that Edgar Wright quick cut montage thing? Yeah, I love it. But it's, um, I feel like that's all directing. Like you, an editor can't just like create that, you know, like that has to be done in the directing phase. And so I, I love Edgar Wright movies for that reason because he's a really good editor's director I think doesn't it just give you more work to do if you're like hey you've got <laughs> there are like 400 shots you've got to get in the next two seconds <laughs> yeah but they're so intentional so it's yeah, like yeah. not doing a lot of guesswork you know what you're selecting yeah. Yeah. We then finally see Nick Cage is the driver. Again, it's weird that they hide these things because it's, it's like Nick it's clear. Cage, that- <laughs> we can tell from his hands. What? We know. You can tell from no. his hands. Do you think Nick Cage has very <laughs> noticeable hands? No, just like the second any part of his part of him is on screen. I'm, I can sense. I can sense. It. <laughs> it's charged with a very specific energy. <laughs> That's right. So he gets out. He's wearing. Like, he's wearing a very sort of mid-90s Vans Warp Tour sort of outfit. He's got wraparound sunglasses, and he's wearing one of those leather jackets with the stripes down the side, which was super popular again, late 90s, early noughties. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I don't know, again, if it gives him some backstory or not, who knows. Sounds very um, like My Chemical Romance, kind of is where my head's at. Yes, okay. yes. He's, but not, not Jared Way. He's like the bassist for okay. My Chemical Romance or something. <laughs> So he waits and waits for the tow truck and, you know, there's, there is I, there is a lot of bunny ears editing in this film or, like, camera tricks. Like, there's a, there's mm-hmm. a um, uh, what do you call it when it's, like, time passes really quickly? Like, like. Uh, oh, time lapse. There's a time lapse of him waiting, holding his can uh, to show that time passes while he waits for the tow truck. It's a good way to show mm-hmm. that. A clock, <laughs> like showing two different <laughs> shots of a clock at different times. <laughs> Eventually, this tow truck comes. The tow truck's driver, Jed, talks to Nick, who, again, remains silent. He just sits there while people talk at him. That's a thing. It's a motif that happens in this film quite a bit. Jed is the tow truck driver who claims local kids stole the spikes from the sheriff a month ago, and clearly that's just what happened, which is a weird thing for the tow truck driver to know. Right. Weird thing for those kids to do, too. (laughs) Just steal some spikes, put them down somewhere else, and then not be there when it's like... Cool prank, guys. I, I this is gonna be the best prank ever, I guess. You know, I guess we'll never I'll know. Never we'll see. We'll never know. <laughs> All right. So we then cut to teenage girl Liv Hawthorne, who's pouring gasoline outside Willy's Wonderland. Uh, Liv Hawthorne. Now, there's a, more than Nick Cage. There's some interesting people in this. So this is played by an actor called Emily Toster, who was in, like, I saw one or two episodes in it, was in the Party of Five reboot. Okay. So if I don't know if that if that's a show that anybody is mourning the loss of because it was cut early. <laughs> this is where she's gone. Yeah, she's this here is, now. This is where you get I your Emily Tuster energy. Yeah, okay. I liked her. I feel like her voice didn't match her face for me. And I, I, <laughs> I, I like, don't get that feeling very often. But I don't know, just kind of like as I was watching her speak, I was like, this feels like not right. 
But that <laughs> happens in films, doesn't it? Like in the James Bond film, like Goldfinger, they hired a guy who couldn't speak English. And so he's like, he's like, no, nah, don't I just move your mouth and we'll get someone to come and, to come and do it for you. That's the easiest possible way to do this, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, in the, and, like, in the 60s, everyone who's watching, like, movies are like, this is magic. Everything down. I'm not going to notice these There's things. There's a train that's coming right for me. Oh, fuck <laughs> Watch out, James. They're behind you. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Okay. So she's pouring gasoline outside Willy's Wonderland. She lights a lighter, but then we hear the woo-woo. You know how, like... They, 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 that KRS One song, yes, it comes on. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they like tap the siren, but don't put it on. Yeah. So I was like, whoop, whoop. Also in that like Jay Balvin and Skrillex song in the ghetto, where it's like party in the ghetto, whoop, whoop. it's that bit as well. <laughs> and and she turns around and it's Skrillex. <laughs> Skrillex. <laughs> <laughs> who also I'm a big fan of Skrillex for staying true to his like emo style like there's never been a Skrillex true. glow up he still has long black dyed hair and wears like eyeliner good for him stay true so so <laughs> Sheriff Eloise gets out of the truck so this is the third person who you've heard of Beth hmm. Grant does the name Beth Grant mean anything to you guys the character in Little Women maybe sort of <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a Beth for sure. There's a Beth, but I don't think Grant is their last name. What's their it did name? sound familiar to me, it and I I had to look her. Up. She also looked familiar to me, but now I can't remember why Marsh. that is. Sorry, their last name in Little Women is Marsh. So that was going to bother me. Marsh. That's so right. Beth Marsh. So so Beth Grant, as opposed to Beth <laughs> Marsh, is not one of the Little Women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she is. I don't know if you remember Donnie Darko, and there was that one lady in town who was basically like, "Think of Sparkle Motion. You've got oh, to do it for Sparkle actor. Motion." Yeah, yeah. She's for sure a character actor. She's in Speed. Okay. Also, yeah. Okay. And she's in Teenage Bounty Hunters, a show created what? by our friend Kathleen Jordan. Oh. <laughs> Sick. Well done, Kathleen. She only touches and gold this one. <laughs> only touches anyway, so so she's the sheriff. She's like Goldfinger. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> she she handcuffs Liv and takes her back to the trailer takes her back to a trailer park where they're met by the tow truck. Now at this point, and this happens a couple of times in the film, mm. Liv, the teenage girl mm. who's handcuffed, and Nicolas Cage's character share a, like a really long, intense look. It's not a romantic look, it's a like it's a weird knowing look. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you describe it. Is that like it? It's it, it's they they make a big deal out of it's it. It's just yeah, like long dramatic eye contact. Father and daughter. I'm, well, I'm gonna throw let, that out let's there. let's let's see what's happening. So. Mm-hmm. So the sheriff takes Liv into the trailer that they stopped out of, explains she's locking her in for the night but will be back in the morning, and then handcuffs her to the heater. Jed then, the tow truck driver, takes Nick and his car to a spooky-looking car yard. On the notice board, we see a shitload of missing persons posters. Jed fixes the car, says it will cost him $1,000, but plot twist doesn't accept card when Nicolas Cage's character offers his credit card and the town apparently has no internet so ATM machines don't work. But if he's willing to work it off, he might know someone. But then how does any credit card transaction work? How does anybody buy anything? Well, you don't have the, like you need an internet connection, don't you? Like I it's not the Kachuk Kachuk style. Yeah, right, unless, unless but like, even like, then you'd need to machine. input it somewhere. It, that wouldn't just make money go somewhere. You need internet. 
Anyway, that's my only problem with this arrangement. It's otherwise perfect. <laughs> yeah, otherwise it makes sense. Yeah. So Jed takes Nicolas Cage's character to Willy's Wonderland, where the owner, Tex McAdoo, meets them. Now, Tex McAdoo <laughs> is exactly the character that that name would describe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know That's anything That's what else. we're naming our restaurant. <laughs> Tex McAdoo. Tex McAdoo. Oh, man, I already want to go there. Okay, yeah, so. for some McAdoo. Now, he explains. <laughs> and now, what I love about this film is people just talk to Nicolas Cage's character. He's not allowed to speak because that's the whole point of his character. So he just has to act. So when people talk to him, he has to act. Like, how, like, how would you describe that acting, um, Sammy? Ooh. Um, silent? Silent is definitely a word I would use. Uh, it's like, it's just intense. He just looks intense. He just slowly moves and looks at people. It's intimidating, I guess. And yeah, and people around were like, I love a man of a few words and blah, blah, blah. And I'll just keep talking. Do, 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 do. And okay, like, that's your thing, huh? Okay. We'll keep saying the plot. Not do weird we, to me. Do we think he's taking it in? <laughs> like, like he's, he's listening or he's ignoring He's, I, don't, I don't know, actually, somewhere in between. Sometimes it feels a little bit like he doesn't care, but he's hearing mm. you. He's hearing you. Yeah, he's hearing you, but, like, that's exactly right. He's hearing you, but often he sort of doesn't care. I think it's it's true, though. One of the first things you learn, you know, when, when you know, Peach and I started radio, like, like, 15 years ago or whatever, is the best way to interview is to basically not speak. And <laughs> if someone finishes a question and you don't say a thing... They'll add more. Yes. I've learned that through working in documentary as well. That's like a documentary interview tactic is just like let they'll fill the silence out of like being. Yeah, people don't one, like so. silence. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a but good cross-examination tactic as well. Just FYI. You're like, so was this really happening? Mm, yeah. This is applicable to all of us. <laughs> wow. Everybody take note. Everybody yes. take note. <laughs> so Tex McAdoo tells Nick Cage that if he stays overnight in Willy's Wonderland to clean it, his fixed and paid-for car will be waiting for him in the morning and he can go on his way. Nick Cage still hasn't spoken a word, I guess. I, he, he eventually shakes this guy's hand to show that they agree. And to the point where Nick Cage has no backstory, he's referred to as the janitor in the credits. I wasn't going to reveal that until we got to the point where he has to clean this for the night. But yes, he is referred to as the janitor the whole way through this film. So they go inside, it's a total mess, but surprise, it's the place from the beginning and that CRTV is still working. Tex turns it on and it plays that same video from the beginning that goes on to introduce each of the animatronic characters of Willy's Wonderland. So here's, here's all eight of them. There's Willy the Weasel, who's, I guess, the, the, the headliner, Artie the Alligator, Siren Sarah, Cammy the Chameleon, Gorilla Gus, Nighty Knight... Ozzy the Ostrich and Tito the Turtle. Tito is the only one who is a PSC and speaks Spanish, which is actually like a really nice touch. Like they all, they're all sort of like whatever. But when you actually speak, go to Tito, Tito actually is like, is, yeah. It's, it's, there's, there's really nice details all the way through this film that you just wouldn't expect. One thing that's funny that I read in trivia also is that Nick Cage changed certain of the animatronics to reptiles he was like i love this script let's throw a couple reptiles in it and he demanded that one be an alligator and one be a turtle and one be a chameleon he made what's those 90 changes. Night? and what's siren sarah i'm really curious if they don't well, have... 90 nights a night and siren sarah oh, is night. the girl Sorry, yes. 
And Siren Sarah is the girl that, like, she's kind of a she's fairy. Like a Tinkerbell esque. Yeah. yeah, okay. But she okay. literally is a woman who's going like, eh, eh, I, like, like her hands are all like <laughs> splayed and like flat. It's very funny. So we see them on stage. They're dirty and they're in disrepair and they're clearly just animatronic characters. Tex laments that safety was an issue. So, you know, this used to be a thriving restaurant, but all those pesky, you know, child safety laws eventually shut them down. There's a moment where we see Willie's head move in the background of a shot and it's kind of unnerving. Very Doctor Who. That's a very Doctor Who, first five minutes of Doctor Who scary moment. (laughs) The janitor turns around but doesn't catch it. Tex shows him to the janitor's closet and gives him a Willie's Wonderland T-shirt. So Tex leaves him and says uh, he'll be back in the morning, locks him inside and also says, remember to take breaks. Makes a really important point to say, take breaks, don't work all night, you know, space it out. Even though you have to clean this whole place, I still want want you to look after yourself, which is good management, really, at the end of the day. He also says, help yourself to anything in the kitchen, which is insane because this is an abandoned building. (laughs) Yeah, also, like, why are we cleaning it? For what? (laughs) (laughs) Who got it dirty? What's happening? And if Nicolas Cage Hmm. could talk, he'd be like, surely I could pay someone less than $1,000 to... So outside, Tex and Jed share a cigar, then say, let's get out of here. I can't stand to hear a grown man scream. We cut back to Liv's house and her friends, who I guess are the pesky teenagers that the tow truck uh, owner was talking about, show up. They're all kind of characterless, except the one other girl is like sexy girl. Like that's Mm -hmm. her character. Mm-hmm. They free her and they're all just they all decide that they're gonna continue with Liv's plan of burning down Willie's Wonderland. Liv mentions that she's already seen the bait and that he's almost already definitely already locked inside Willie's Wonderland, so they've got to be quick. So meanwhile, the janitor puts the t-shirt on, sets his watch, and starts cleaning. He, he, you know, he does some stuff, like he cleans around, you know, there's, there's, they take some time. They don't, like, I, I think even though this is an 88 minute film, which Great length, like, well, what, length. A, what a perfect. length for a film. Mm. It doesn't feel rushed at any point, I don't think. He eventually does go into the kitchen um, and there's a working fridge. And so in there he places his drinks. And it, like, I think at this point, like at some point we find out they're energy drinks. But yeah, okay. definitely in the beginning I thought they were beer. And I wonder if they like, purposefully staged it that way that you can't read it at first you just see that he's drinking a lot of these cans now now this this these energy drinks have no mm. purpose in the plot they do a lot of hiding things in this film and then revealing and a lot of red no, herrings yeah okay yeah, I get the Christie style of- <laughs> yeah that's good and it's not a mystery there's no mystery in this film anyway he's okay, gotta right. be up all night I guess that, that <laughs> makes perfect yeah, sense literally just that actually that's really true that's really great okay so alright <laughs> So he places the energy drinks in and then his watch beeps. Now, this is one of the more fun, you know, recurring elements of the film is that every time his watch beeps, he's having a break. And so he grabs a can of energy drink. And again, it's always like an Edgar Wright grab thing sort of thing. And he notices a pinball machine. So as these energy breaks go along, he slowly restores and then starts playing this pinball machine. It's filmed in almost in almost a romantic way. The first time we saw the pinball machine, I was like, "Is he gonna fuck the pinball machine?" 
All right, so his watch beeps and he like, goes back to work. To, just on Titan, on the very like <laughs> falling, falling pregnant. So, firstly, having sex with a car, that's okay. You're allowed to have sex with a car. It's the falling pregnant to a car. Like, there just needs to be some, like, there needs to be some genetic material you get from the car. But, to- but Peach, you've got to oh, remember Peach. that they set it up that the car's magic by the car bouncing up and down outside a change room. But I feel like normal cars can do that. You just got. You just got it. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, so sorry. I'm sorry. We're still I'm sorry. thinking I'm about still the film. You, you guys <laughs> have a lot. To, process it's a lot it. to think about yeah, for yeah, sure. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> watch beeps. He goes back to work. While he's mopping, Ozzy the ostrich starts moving in the background. We cut away, and then we cut back, and Ozzy's right behind him. And nice. This is where I'm like. Come on, Sammy. These bits were kind of scary. I didn't think so. Oh, <laughs> so brave. She's really it's brave. It's funny. It's a ridiculous little ostrich costume guy. It sounds scary. Well, well, it's taller than Nicolas Cage. Nick, yeah. uh, but but it's just like it's right behind him, but it's standing still. Mm. Right? Yeah. It's standing completely still. And it's right behind him. And so Nicolas Cage. Cage is 183 centimeters. <laughs> <laughs> My fa- that just scared me. It's <laughs> like, who's talking? All right. So Nicolas Cage is 183 centimeters tall. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I thought it said. So he's fairly tall. <laughs> so, the janitor, so janitor turns around, nudges Ozzy a couple of times with his mop. All of a sudden, Ozzy comes to life and says, I'm going to feast on your face. They all have like, <laughs> like they all have animatronic voices, but they all sca- say over the top, like almost like death metal-ish threats, things like that. Mm-hmm. A fight ensues and it turns out the janitor is basically Neo and he's like this amazing fighter. So that, like Ozzy tries to like menace him, but he can't. He gets a scratch on the janitor's face, which almost, which like, Makes like it's it's kind of like it's it usually would be the moment where the the person get he's like now you piss me off right but he like smiles it's such a weird moment <laughs> ooh because he's like excited to kill this animatronic ostrich yeah, he's like okay. now we're fucking doing it and he snaps his little broomstick in half and he just yes goes goes to, to fucking town on him. Magic. And my, beats Ozzy to a bloody pulp. My favorite thing, he does the predator spine rip. He rips his little spine out. <laughs> Sick. That actually sounds pretty A little pretty cool. metal spine. And they look gory as hell. And, like, that's the cool thing. It is the Transformer thing. Like, yep. it's so gory what he does to these characters. But they're just animatronic. So, it, mm-hmm. you, like, it, it's it, you don't know what to feel about it. But anyway, he's now covered in oil and blood. So he replaces his shirt. And puts on a new Willy's Wonderland T-shirt. Is the shirt another red herring? I feel like it's been very like clearly brought up, and it's I'm just, just wondering enough. whether I care, whether I to care whether to invest. Peach, in the same way that Titan is about our relationship with metal, but doesn't necessarily have like a big thing to say about yeah. that. This film is definitely about the Willy's Wonderland T-shirt without it having like a nice. direct point. Forrest Gump feather style. I get it. So. We cut to the sheriff. She's sitting in an office with an out-of-state officer who's been sent for backup for the night, but he hasn't been told why. And he's like, I don't understand. This sounds really small. I'm happy for the overtime, but why am I here? What's our plan? And she points to a red phone and she says, our plan is to watch that phone and pray it doesn't ring. It's, it's good, right? Like, this film is good. Mm. It's good. It's so good. So we cut back to the janitor. Um, he's carrying some garbage bags with Ozzy's remains, tries to carry them out to the bing, finds out that he's locked in, 
and just leaves the bags by the door. I think that by is now annoying he's... as you're cleaning the thing. You're like, oh, fucking great. So now more I'm mess. making more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice. What I do like about this film is that it does something I've never seen before, which you're starting to realise is what if you had a protagonist in a horror film who just did not care and wasn't scared at all by the bad guys? Right. You know, maybe Hanley that's part of why. That. Maybe that's part of why I also didn't find it scary. He's absolutely never scared in the in the in the movie at all. I love that because I feel like that's part of the horror experience. Like, I'm not sure if you feel the same way. The thing I'm scared of is just learning about new things to be worried about going bump in the <laughs> night kind of thing. Like, I quite mm-hmm. like there's that empathic element as you're watching of like, oh, right. what if the lady in black got me? Oh no. Right, you put yeah. yourself in their shoes, but when I'm putting myself in his shoes, I'm like, oh, well, it's fucking cool. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. <laughs> I look like I do it Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> He's just having a Halloween party, I've been right? In shoes. <laughs> so uh, the watch beeps, break time, energy drink and pinball. Watch beeps again, back to cleaning. And now we have another editing moment. It's like a cleaning montage. Instead of a research montage, we get a cleaning montage. And it's Fine. not short. It's like he's it's so really long. cleaning. And it's like s- s- maybe to like some techno music or something. And it's like sweep, 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 scrub, scrub, scrub. And we're really seeing it all happen. And the place is getting pretty clean. But it's like clear that he is not thrown off by having just had to murder an animatronic thing. He's like, well, I'm going to do what I came here to do. Mm-hmm. Sammy, there's a black cat behind you that I hope you know exists and is part of you. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. I know. I know oh, he man. exists and good. I love him a lot. Nice. Uh, and that cat's name was Henley. <laughs> That's the twin. <laughs> 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 <That's Henley. laughs> so, 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 so. Um, this 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 montage is interrupted. Now, this montage happens entirely in the toilet. And, mm-hmm. yeah, he does a really good clean Looks of great. this toilet. So, anyway, so he's this, <laughs> this montage and the janitor himself are distracted by the animatronic band suddenly coming to life and starting playing a sinister birthday song that's like, it's your birthday, it's your birthday, but sort of like, it's your birthday, you know, like it's slightly slowed down, slightly a bit creepier. So he goes out, sees them playing it, turns the power off, and then he hears a sound in the bathroom. So he goes back in the bathroom, and you saw this in the trailer. He finds It's Your Birthday written in blood on the window. Sick. I don't know whose blood. Like, there hasn't been yeah. any blood yet in okay. the thing, so, but it's just written in blood. Um, and then he hears a, uh, a voice in one of the stalls inviting him to come and play hide-and-seek. So That's pretty scary. Yeah. yeah, it's scary, right? Sammy's like, fuck. Sam, I'm telling you. Like, this scene was weird. This is I a just weird watched scene. it. I would remember if it was scary. For me. It wasn't scary for me personally. I can see how maybe it would be scary. Sam, were you one of those kids at primary school who used to eat like four warheads? I don't know. Did you guys have warheads that were either really Ooh, no sour way. or really Ooh, my hot? My mouth is going to water just even thinking about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, okay. So, like, so you're like, I'm going to have three hot ones at once or something. That's awesome. <laughs> So he opens these uh, toilet stall doors one by one, and in the last one, he's ambushed by Gus Gorilla. He struggles, but because obviously he's the janitor, the tables eventually turn. Uh, At one point, he gets pushed into the urinal, and he grabs a plunger and pushes Gus the Gorilla out face first with the plunger, eventually killing him by curb stomping him on a urinal. Oh shit! (laughs) That part is pretty intense. That's, yeah, that's awful. But it's so, it's so, like, this scene, this whole movie so far. At this point, were you, like, like, 
were you like, what is going? Like, what were your thoughts? To at the, like when this curb stop happened, I was laughing. It's funny. <laughs> this is a comedy movie. <laughs> <laughs> we then we then have an Edgar Wright style shirt chain. Lots of Edgar Wright style moments in this yeah. film. Mm-hmm. Um, he wraps some gaffer around his chest because he's been injured in this fight. He puts Gus's remains next to Ozzy's watch. Beeps. It's break time again. We cut to outside. The teens arrive carrying their gas cans. They pour petrol all around the building. They're about to light it, but Liv's like, no, 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 no. We've got to save this guy first. She makes contact through the window and she's like, hey, you've got to get out of here. We're coming to save you. Basically, the janitor doesn't give a shit, goes back to cleaning. And so Liv's like, well, we can't just burn this place down with him in it. I'm going to go into the air vent to rescue him. She goes in only to be followed by Artie the alligator. Again, I found this scene kind of scary because she's being followed by this animatronic alligator that's like snap, 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 like and and snapping at her feet as she crawls through this air vent. Uh, She eventually escapes by falling into an enchanted fairy room, escaping his snapping jaws. Uh But then the room fills with smoke. Siren, Siren, Celine, or whatever is in there. No, you nailed it. Siren, Sarah. Siren Sarah looking like, uh, I don't know if you remember, and God, like, I'm talking about the era, not the artist, but the era of, like, Marilyn Manson videos where there would be out-of-focus scary figures doing head tilts oh, yeah, in the video. Like magnifying yeah. glasses at weird, weird places. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's what this scene is. This scene looks mm. like a late 90s, early noughties. There's a lot of late 90s, early noughties, like, you know, music references seemingly. I think it must have been a formative time in the DOP's life, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah and, mm-hmm. and Edgar Wright films. I like those two things. <laughs> 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 like, yeah. Do you know so, what I love? Trent Reznor and Edgar Wright. <laughs> So they have a moment. She screams. Teens outside hear her scream, but so does the janitor who comes in to help. Janitor comes into the room, finds Liv, finds she's safe, doesn't see Siren Sarah, so just leaves and goes back to cleaning. And Liv keeps being like, like, like her, her reaction is the audience's reaction, I think, because she's like, what are you doing? Like, and it's also the the awesome subversion of the tropes like he's not here to save anybody like he's just mm-hmm. here to clean and maybe kill these things if they get in his way he has no curiosity though as well it's it would be a small life to lead i feel <laughs> like, all these interesting things are happening and he's like yeah mm-hmm. i'm not available i'm not interested so the teens outside are fighting over what to do next. Stupidly, they're fighting on the roof of this place, which causes them all to fall through the shoddy roof into the ball pit in the main room where the band are, and the band turns on and starts playing again. Liv rejoins them in the room, goes up to Siren Sarah and tries to stab her with a knife. But then, weirdly, the janitor stops her, takes her knife, and goes back to cleaning. I didn't understand this moment. I don't know why he did this. No, me neither. Hmm. Is Siren Sarah a real person, or you're just describing the way the animatronic appear has it's been spo- presented? It's supposed to be an animatronic model, but okay. it's it's the obviously fakest of of them all. Okay. I read, I got really incensed because I started reading the reviews of this film, and I got really angry because a lot of them just hated the film and hated it for all the reasons I liked it. But then <laughs> I read this review that was like, "This is actually an allegory for being red pilled into loving conservatism," because what, like, basically they they compare this guy to all those people who 
killed people in self-defense to be like he would never kill an intruder unless like he only kills people in self-defense that's the conservative way and i was like that's so weird and that is not what this film is about very weird hey anything can be about anything if you just decided i was gonna say it's not what i I got from it the author is dead so the janitor stops her, takes a knife, goes back to cleaning. Meanwhile, sexy Kathy and her boyfriend decide to go have sex in the super happy fun room. She's sexy. What else is she going to do? And why don't they have sex at their own house? Like, <laughs> this is another horror film thing. This is one of the things that I was like, okay, it is a horror movie because yeah, always okay. be stressed, never be horny. That's a rule. That's never horror. be horny. And we're going to see and that I, they're about, you cannot. They're going to break it and they're going to pay the pay the price. They're going to pay the price. So at this uh, point, yes, that's the allegory. It's yeah, okay, yep. Sorry. At this point, Liv reveals to the janitor that the the truth of what's happening. He's a human sacrifice, one of many over the past twenty plus years. Uh, turns out, Willie's was built by Jerry Robert Willis. So a child, so Jerry Robert Willis was a child serial killer who hired other evil child serial killers <laughs> to kill family to inv- to lure families and kill them in the super happy fun room. So they'd invite them the whole family into the room yes. sing the song and then violent like we didn't see how they died but we oh, in fact we do see one you kid see, get killed you see the... one kid be killed yeah <laughs> so it's a child, like, a child don't, serial like... killer who like ran an assassin ring <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah, okay. well ran like a serial killing restaurant yeah okay yep so and it's weird that word didn't get out that if you had your birthday here you just wouldn't you emerge again you're dead who could your last birthday <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so. Uh, eventually, police realized what was going on, mm. but during the raid on the place, the killers took their own lives, transferring their souls into the animatronic characters <laughs> as part know. of a satanic ritual. Chucky yeah. style. It really is Chucky. Years later, Tex reopens Willy's, but it's completely fucked because the robots actively are harming characters. But he doesn't burn it to the ground because, according to Liv, he's he made some sort of a deal with the actual devil to keep it open for some reason. Janitor does not give a shit about the story. He listens to That's it. That's so interesting and directly relevant to exactly <laughs> what is happening to him. <laughs> yeah, not curious enough. This man... <laughs> He doesn't care. His watch beeps and he goes on his break. (laughs) So back to energy drink, playing some pinball. The teens are drawn back into the main room by the characters singing a new song, a super spooky song that's like six little chickens at the end of the line. Again, great use. And I think a lot of scary films, a lot of horror films, use kids' songs sung scarily as a trope. But there's no, often there's no, like, often it's really, like, it has to be hedged in. But here, there's a really clear reason to have these these songs. Mm -hmm. And I will say, pretty much the whole time, whenever you see that weasel, you know this weasel is going to be trouble. Willie is a weasel, so... Right, right. And he just looks more menacing than the rest to me. (laughs) And it's him singing this song, right? And that's got to be a conscious choice, right? Like... You, it, it's quite they're quite cleverly designed and that you know Willie's the bad guy yep. it's funny I find my like all through this I'm not only telling you about this I feel like I'm trying to like sell this film because the reviews were just not great and I'm like I really liked this film I want everybody to I love this film I think it'll get yeah like some some cult status appreciation it's definitely mm-hmm. fun mm-hmm. alright so 
they're singing that scary song and then Nighty Knight appears out of nowhere and with a massive sword, and it's kind of more of a scimitar than a sword, stabs one of the boys through the back. Now, like, these these teens, they're like, there's kind of a nerdy one and there's a cool one and there's a, like, but they basically have no characterization, and that's fine because yeah. they're all going to die. Yeah. yeah. Gets stabbed right through the back with this massive sword uh, and then he falls down. Liv pushes Nighty Knight over because he's an animatronic character, so he's, you know, his movement's limited, and the rest disperse while Liv stays in there to deal with him. We cut back to Ka- uh, Sexy Kathy and her boyfriend who are having sex. They, they've noticed it's the room where this happens. They know the things, and they're like, wow, that makes it hotter, which is like... Cool, classic horror movie logic. And they notice that Artie the alligator is watching them. Ugh. Then we cut to the, one of the so characters. Artie the has the soul of like an, uh, a 10-year-old? No, 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 no. Artie has the soul of a child. How old are no, the no, 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 sorry. He's not a child serial killer. He's a serial killer that kills children. They're ki- serial killers oh, that kill children. Adults. Sorry. Adults who murder. Sorry, I'll see you in What the fuck? I yes. think that person's like children serial killers? Serial killers of... I had try, I had I had serial killers under the age of eighteen in my head. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like English as a language has its limitations, and describing absolutely describing serial killers who are adults, but their mo is to kill children is clear. We just shown is one of the blind spots. Yeah. Yeah. It's of the language because I had a child in the body of that <laughs> animatronic alligator, and I was like, wow, that child would probably be like, what is going? Like, what? The yeah, fuck watching is sex. That? That's yeah. it's inappropriate for this alligator. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, bad for their development. Yeah. Okay, Murder but, yeah. is one thing, but... <laughs> so, so they notice Artie watching them. Meanwhile, we cut to one of the other boys, the nerd boy. Now, he has been killed in the strobe-lit room by Siren Sarah and Tito the turtle who are eating his stomach. So he's, like, lying down, and from above, we see them both sort of, like, eating his stomach. Is that what they did in life? They, like, they were cannibals as well? Well, I mean, yeah. Just use and, what you got. Also, do you reckon you got to choose? <laughs> do you reckon you got to choose which animatronic person you became? And like the most bully, like the shittiest serial killer was like, "You're getting the turtle, and I'm gonna be the knight, or whatever it was." <laughs> I do get the sense that the head one became Willie the Weasel. Willie, yeah, yeah, ah, nice. yeah. Jerry is he- Jerry is Willie. Like, so yeah, I think they did choose so probably. So, so one of the boys makes it into a room where there's a phone, calls the sheriff and explains where they are. She just hangs up immediately and says it's a prank call. Uh, the backup <laughs> is, is like, um... phone she's been, like, thinking the whole time. And the point. backup's like, this, is, this was our thing. What happened? And then he calls again. She doesn't answer. It goes to voicemail, which, again, is not something that even exists in 2021, but, hey, like, <laughs> let's go with it. The boy explains that they're in Willy's Wonderland and Liv brought them there. At the mention of Liv's name, the sheriff is like we got to go, grabs the shotgun and says, we're going to Willie's. And it's like a real like trailer moment where it's like, <laughs> earmark that for a yep. moment for promo later on. <laughs> return to the janitor, back from break. He returns to the main room where Nighty Night and Liv are still sort of struggling, kicks the shit out of Nighty Night and decapitates <laughs> him with his sword. Sick. He and Liv share another long look. They together, without really speaking, investigate the super happy fun room to find Kathy and Bobby dead and Artie feasting on their remains. So the janitor, this is maybe one of the more graphic deaths of an animatronic character, pulls Artie's jaws apart, like rips yeah. them apart, the King Kong then reaches in. Death. A King Kong death. Mm-hmm. 
and then reaches in and pulls out his like tongue attached to all the stuff, you know, the circuitry out and, you know, pulls it from the inside outside. Mm-hmm. But that is a man who's passionate. That is a man whose passion has been ignited and he, he not only wants to kill this thing, that's completely inconsistent with his lack of curiosity. I it's, just can't, I can't it, marry these two things up. He's a mysterious character. That's, Sorry, that's, perhaps, that's the, perhaps that is the point. Yes. So Eloise and the backup cop are racing toward Willie's. Now she explains to them what happens and she gives us the full story. So they always knew what was going on, but no one would help them because everybody just thought they were superstitious yokels and were like, it's a small town. But of course there's no like evil things happening in a, in a, like a, a Willie's Wonderland. And as it turns out, Tex McAdoon did try to destroy the place, but the night before it was meant to be destroyed by like a construction business, the head contractor and all of his family were found disemboweled. From that point on, nobody wanted to touch It's a horror movie. I keep saying it's definitely a horror movie. (laughs) Definitely a horror movie. (laughs) Albeit a fun one. Yes. So at this point, the, the sheriff's like, we didn't have a choice but to make a deal promising to feed um, them regularly because they tried to they tried to just leave it be, but the characters would escape and started killing people all over town. So they had to make a deal. So it's kind of like well, Tex, but, but Jed. The, the janitors killed them in hand-to-hand combat. Like, all right, so that's the one thing that isn't really okay, explained yeah, okay, in okay. this. Anyway. So then we have a montage of Jed and Tex tricking people over the past 20 years into staying the night. We see, you know, we see couples, we see families. We definitely see a kid getting killed. I can't remember. Like, does he get, like, he gets, like, decapitated or something awful. Probably. I don't remember. Maybe it's good Henley's not here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, Before seeing the couple from the start revealing that Liv was the child from the beginning hiding in the (gasps) closet that the sheriff found and put up in a trailer and has essentially been her carer ever since. So they cut to the boy, Chris, that made the call. He's in the arcade, uh, which is the arcade section of it. All of a sudden, uh, he's shocked to hear all of the machines turn on and Cammy the chameleon (laughs) tricks Chris into trusting... uh, Peach, you might have a little visitor. Sorry, oh, it's, like that, it's like that news video, remember? Uh, there's like... Do you want to say hello to Shad? Hello. Hi. Hi. Oh, I'll be down shortly. We'll see you soon. You. Uh, it just reminded me of that like news guy that was doing an interview on CNN. And yep. <laughs> yeah, his kid and just the wife walks, comes, yeah. comes in like, and is like, pulls him out. <laughs> oh, we, uh, like, uh, the judge in the hearing I'm in today has like a barking dog. <laughs> and so and so he's always having to be like oh yeah sorry sorry <laughs> it's a very like yeah very strange COVID, new world man COVID, COVID reality it's good fun um, yeah. uh, so Cammy the chameleon is there and she tricks this kid Chris into trusting her because she's like I'm not evil I'm trying to escape and I can tell you what death's like it's it's a cool I'm moment. Not evil. I can tell you what death's like. <laughs> That's true. It is like I can tell you the secret that literally everybody wants to know of like what it's like to die. It's tempting. That is tempting. And I want to hear it from Cammy the Chameleon. Anyway, of course it's a trick. She shoots out her long chameleon tongue and snaps Chris's neck. Liv comes in and sees him die before the janitor enters. He gets ready to fight and then beep, 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 beep. It's time for his break. He hands the knife to Liv and leaves and goes to have his break. 
He's got great boundaries, the janitor. Yeah, this man will not be overworked. Yeah, he's very, very good. I respect very that. Healthy. I respect that. Yeah. He should definitely be a union leader. Yes. Like, <laughs> anyway, so Liv and Cammy fight. Then the janitor's break ends. He returns and finishes the fight by lassoing her. Dragging her around the corner, they discover Siren Sarah and Tito the Turtle, but he just punches them both in the face, which again goes, why have they been killing people for 20 plus years if this guy is just destroying them all? He drags them to a door, kicks the door open, where he's greeted by Sheriff Eloise with her shotgun, points it at the janitor and forces him and Liv back inside. She forces him into the main room and then she's apologizing to Willie. And she's like, Willie, I'm so sorry. And she's like, this is all your fault. All of these kids are dead now and they didn't have to die. But so Eloise is apologizing to Willie uh, and basically basically angry at the janitor for being like, it's your fault that all of these kids died. You know, she just, and she says, why didn't you just die? She's like, you just had to die. All these kids didn't have to die. Which like is for a motivation for like for a cult is kind of cool anyway so Eloise forces the backup guy and live out with a shotgun because the backup guy's like I don't want to be part of this and he's she's like you don't know what you're talking about so the backup guy uh, has to leave with live and before live goes you you're trapping the wrong guy he's not trapped in here with them they're trapped in here with him just a, a stolen from watchmen <laughs> oh, is that what that's from Rorschach. You're trapped in here with me. I, I think right. it's literally the exact same line. But it, in the trivia I read, it's like it's a tribute to Watchmen, not plagiarism. It's a tribute. Yeah, I like. I find <laughs> that really plagiarism. <laughs> no, we liked it. That's why we did it. We liked it. <laughs> we thought it was a good line, so we didn't steal it because we like it. <laughs> All right, so. Okay, we're they handcuff him. It. It's good that we stole yeah. it. It's good. They do, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So the sheriff handcuffs him and leaves him in front of Willie and the rest of the characters that are still alive. Um, the backup takes Liv away in his car and the sheriff stays outside in a car. Hang on, but they arrived in the same car. He leaves in a car with Liv and she's watching him with a car in a car. So I don't know how that works, but mm. somehow they're now in the car. Yeah, maybe, look, maybe it is. Anyway, so the sheriff is watching over the place. They're leaving. Okay, so back inside, Cammy appears and says, hey, cowboy, ready for a little, men- or like, hey, cowboy, ready for a little menage a trois as Cammy and Siren Sarah appear. Now, the janitor kicks the jukebox behind him because he doesn't have hands now, but he kicks the jukebox behind him, which starts playing a country version of heads, shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> I thought that was fun. Yeah, oh, but it's a horror movie thing to do, Sammy. Like, I just don't. I'm, I'm shocked you don't think this is a horror. Movie. <laughs> I do. It's a horror comedy. I'll call it a horror okay. comedy. Fair. So in the car, Liv convinces the backup cop to turn around because she's like, by leaving him, you're a murderer, and he's like, I'm not a murderer. So. They're about to turn around when the arm of Tito grabs him from the top of the car, drags him out of the car and kills him. Liv grabs his shotgun, but Tito has the shotgun shells, which he reveals to her in Spanish. So she just beats him up with the gun. We cut back to the room where the janitor is currently... She's a child. She's an actual child, is she not? 
Yeah, but like she's tough. She's teenage. She grew up. She's yeah, like and, and so how 15? are these animatronic people terrorizing this town for twenty years? <laughs> Nobody's really tried, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone's like, oh well, it's tough times. Because <laughs> <laughs> one stranger <laughs> dies a year, whatever. <laughs> so the janitor is breaking Sarah's neck with his knees, but for tearing off his own, he just tears off his handcuffs yep. and then rips Cammy's head off. The janitor cleans up the mess, bags the remain, changes shirts again. He also puts sheets over the bodies of the dead teens, which he's lined up in a row, in a kind of respectful That's touch. That's nice. Hmm. We could, he, could, he could clean it up, but I think so. I guess it's... Yeah. <laughs> Finally, the place looks immaculate with only Willie left on the stage. He approaches him but then his watch beeps again. Now this is the bit that's like Tatane because you know how towards the end of Tatane, there's Tatane, Tatane, I can never, I, I keep changing it. Titan. Titan. So, so at the end of Titan, towards the end, there's that three-minute dance sequence yep. where they're all dancing to that yes, hardcore yes, yes, techno yes. song. There's a similar moment in Willy's Wonderland where in the final time he plays the pinball machine, he they, they play a synth version of the Willy's Wonderland theme, like an 80s version of it, and he's kind of dancing as he like it's to your point. I think it's kind of an erotic, it like is. not it's an like erotic a, scene, but vaguely sexual. Yeah, mm. where he's playing this pinball machine, but he's also every time he get he's like dancing. He does like a hand under his chin and then up and then chin and then up, and he's just he's just dancing as he and it's 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 the coolest. I love this <laughs> uh, scene. Yeah, this scene is great, and he's the best. Nick Cage, I love him. He's the best. <laughs> well, for you to love him even more, apparently that wasn't in the script. He just did that on the day. Yep, of course he did. Of course, incredible. <laughs> I love that he like, wanted everyone to stick by the script except for him. He put some fucking reptiles in and then do yeah. like do whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> So later, he's taking the garbage bags up outside because now the door's open. So he's like, he's taking the garbage bags outside, wakes up the sheriff who's outside watching over him, just waves at her and then walks back in. And she's like, what the fuck? So she grabs her shotgun uh, and forces him back inside and takes him right in front of Willie. And she's like, Willie, I'm so sorry. Let's end this now. I'll stay watch. Kill him right now. That's when Willie appears, but not behind the janitor behind the sheriff and with one slash rips her entire top torso off leaving just her legs spurting blood up into the air right now yep that's uh, that's very unsatisfactory to me like uh, like these <laughs> things weren't especially strong like that, that that would take an immense amount of strength that these things don't seem to have I would say it's yeah, physically impossible based on what we've seen. That's right. <laughs> but except that Willie's stronger than all of That's them. Willie is the the main one. He's got yeah. those weasel Will- those weasel powers. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So so Willie then attacks the janitor and clearly the janitor's a little bit outmatched. He's slashing at him with his weasel claws. I don't really know weasels, I assume they have sharp they seem, yeah, claws. Scrappy and, talons. and nasty. Scrappy and nasty. And this is how they're fighting, except Willie is a lot bigger than the janitor. Slashing, causing him to bleed, and eventually pushing him into the ball pit and then just sort of leaving him. And we think, is the janitor dead? Of course not. But he's not dead. He emerges from the ball pit, walks into the kitchen, grabs the rest of the energy Energy drinks, drinks. puts them into a bag to make a sort of like bludgeony sort of thing. Nice. Nice. Grabs the two broom handles, gaffers them together, and then re-emerges into the main room ready to fight. 
again, this is a very edity, filmy scene where they fight amid in slow motion amid exploding confetti. Mm, mm-hmm, Fun. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a way to make the scene seem bigger when they don't have like right. a crazy they stay budget. In that same uh-huh. room. It's like, what yeah. can we do in the room? I guess put some <laughs> confetti. confetti. <laughs> yeah, drinks in a bag. Yeah. <laughs> so they fight amid exploding confetti. Eventually, the janitor beats Willie, beats him to a pulp before tearing off his head. Hell yeah! We cut to the next morning. Jed is doing donuts in janitor's car delivers it to Tex being like you're gonna love this car for your collection and at that point did a garbage bag just move in the background maybe it did I don't know maybe it did uh oh why do you raise that Jack sorry we were, <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about the, uh, the car so, so Tex looks inside sees the lights on and then it's been cleaned and he's like what and the characters aren't on the stage and he's like hang on Tex and Jed go inside and they find the janitor who's changing back into his own clothes. He confronts the men and they're shocked to see him standing. So Tex just hands him the keys. He sees Liv. They share another look. They share their third long look. He gets in the car. She gets in the car with him and they speed off. Tex and Jed share a laugh outside celebrating that the nightmare's over. They get in Tex's car and Tex imagines reopening Willie's, maybe with a new name. Maybe it's Tex McAdoo's. They will, they beat us <laughs> to the punch. Dang. Sarah reappears behind the car and she has stuffed like a petrol rag into the exhaust. Sick. She said something. I can't remember what she said. She said something a bit scary. Yeah, some something similar to what they've all I'm been not saying. locked out here with you. <laughs> yeah, another watchman. Uh, yeah. Anyway, she, yeah. <laughs> she she ignites the car and it explodes in a pretty not realistic looking explosion. Anyway, finally in the car, the janitor opens an energy drink, feels a bit weird, and then hands it to Liv in a moment that I guess means something. I don't like. We're both weird now. <laughs> <laughs> we're both. Weird we're in now. this together now. They see Tito on the road, so they ram him. His head flies into the camera. They do one of those, like, that's all, folks, Mm -hmm, like circle closes on the head. And that's the end of Willy's Wonderland. (laughs) How about that? It's a real allegory for people being red-pilled into uh, neoconservative I see that, yeah. That's what I I got from it, for sure. That's my main takeaway. It was engaging and diverting. I don't know. It was a rollicking ride. Em, would you watch it? Is it too scary for us? It might be too scary for me. I don't know if it's too scary. I might. I'd probably be on edge watching it. Um, I. I think it's one that I would make it through, but I would definitely be uh, tense. Uh, but it sounds like one that is probably a a fun time to watch. I like to see Nick Cage just go crazy. Uh, I think it'd be a fun group characters. watch. Ah, yeah. cool. To do it all oh, those moments. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh. It'd be fun to watch with like a big group of people. Like this Couple would be a fun one in a, in a midnight screening or something. That'd be yeah, great. Yeah, that would be fun. 
I've never re- I never realized that until till you know till again Titan last mm. week where it's like there's a whole sort of subgenre of films where like I didn't think of Titan after I saw it like I loved watching it but afterwards it's like it just left my brain but it was so fun watching it with a crowd mm-hmm. and there there are there is this whole subgenre of films that have to be watched together otherwise they probably don't have their potency yeah yeah that was, I remember, a big thing that was told to me in, in terms of getting into horror movies. It, like, everyone was like, you have to go to a scary movie in a movie theater. Like, you won't get it until you do that. Because, um, like, a roller coaster. I, I, I get. Because it is, yeah, it's like, a, a you know, that makes the scary moment scarier. But then the, you know, come down from that. You get to, like, be with people and... Yeah, it's a whole experience. I've never yeah. thought about how depressing being on a roller coaster by yourself. <laughs> Could be fun. Could be. It's like going to the ballpark all in your lonesome. Exactly. That's right. Right. It's like being having some blue raspberry in an empty ballpark. <laughs> I love that we're scrounging for the callback to end the episode. Of like, yeah, it's we found like it. I, I think we found it. I think it was you sad. found it. It's the blue <laughs> raspberry. It's, it's the blue raspberry. But you know what? I do love what you said, especially if you're on a journey like M, like Peach are on, mm. where, you know, you are trying to get over your fear of, of scary films. Clearly, you know, we've talked about so many techniques, but... Mm. I think the best technique by far is watching with a bunch of people. By far. That's how you do it. So for that reason, thank you so much. Uh, Always love creating a Too Spooko Didn't Watch. This is great. Have an amazing non-work holiday Christmas Hanukkah period. Yeah, so everyone go find (laughs) um, Too Scary Didn't Watch on Patreon and follow and support and go find Too Scary Didn't Watch on Instagram. And I think you guys are making use of the hashtag TSDW now, or you can go find Too Scary Didn't Watch on Twitter as well. So anyone who's not already doing that, get amongst it. And yeah, go sick. And, and do also it. the the new fan account I saw that's making <laughs> Too Scary Didn't Watch content. I heart TSDW. It's very fun. Very very sweet. Um, um, was this a was this a safe company experience for you, Peach? Was this a nice little reprieve from your from your day? Shag Shag says every week that this is an easy one, and I feel like this actually was an easy one. <laughs> there we go. We got it. Um, we got it. And oh, I feel like we just have to say happy birthday to Henley. This is a, our Christmas episode, so. Happy birthday to our Henley as well. She's real. Is real. She's real <laughs> and exists, and she has a birthday. And happy birthday, Henley. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe, and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up? One, two, three. Mine seemed a little off there, but it'll get you in the it ballpark. It gets you in the ballpark. It's hard with uh, the, the internet. You know, um, we love American um, metaphors. Like we love them. Straight, <laughs> the, we're we're always in the ballpark <laughs> for an American metaphor. Bloody love it. It's, you guys don't have a lot of ballparks. Not a lot there. of ballparks. It's always like you're on the cricket pitch. That's yeah, <laughs> that's what we say. <laughs> we say blow me down a lot. That's we just walk around telling people to blow us down. It's a whole thing. <laughs>